Good evening, everybody. I'm so excited I get to facilitate your community call this evening. Morning or afternoon, depending on where you are. So, so glad to see you all here. Um, let's see. My phone might be. So, all right. So I'm going to start us off with a prayer. Placing my hands on my heart. That breath of love and gratitude. So grateful for this time to come together to be the two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of the Christ. So grateful to be the loving presence in our own lives and in the lives of all we touch. So grateful to declare that we are having a healing right here and right now. We offer up any dark spaces. We shine the light on them. There's a pride here. We're grateful that we are willing and dedicated and devoted. Grateful to Jennifer and all of our teachers, including our families and friends, our coworkers, our clients, our community, all those we need throughout our days. And we're grateful that we get to share the benefits of healing work that we're doing with everyone. We call on the whole, all of the elder brothers and sisters, archangels, angels, and saints, all of our loved ones who've transitioned before us to surround and support us during this call. We're grateful for these blessings. So grateful. Sharing all the benefits with everyone, and so it is. Amen. Amen. So happy to be here with you all. So this call is yours. Just here to hang out and do anything that needs to be done behind the scenes, so take it away. <laughs> it's all yours. Hi, this is Nadia. Hi, Nadia. I just wanted to see if it'd be possible to place everybody on mute, as it's um, there's a number of people that are unmuted. Yeah, if y'all could um, self-mute if you're not talking. Um, it does help, uh, especially with the recording. I appreciate that. Thank you, Nadia, for that reminder. I see someone on the phone. Did you wish to share? Last four digits is five five four nine. No. <laughs> Okay. Well, I had a question. Um, I, this is Nikki, and I 
doing the going back over the spiritual qualities. Can you speak up a little bit, Nikki? It's a little hard to hear you. Yeah. Um, I'm going back over the spiritual qualities. Uh-huh. Um, I'm on the prosperity. And the first question is, what is the difference between abundance and prosperity? And I was wondering if anybody had an understanding of that that they maybe they could share, because I'm not really clear. Anybody have any thoughts on that? Go ahead, Tim. Well, I don't have too many great thoughts about that. I, I had the same question myself, Nikki, and and uh, so, um, but I also had the question, if I could sort of piggyback on your question that, as as it goes through spiritual qualities, then it it has different qualities than what's on the chart. So that was a little confusing as well. But I but I I appreciate your question. I they seem to me like they have an awful lot of overlap. The prosperity and the abundance. I don't really distinguish much between the two. Anybody else have on that? Prosperity and abundance? Well, let's see what the dictionary has to say. I have a thought, um, Linda. Go ahead, Paula. I'm, I'm just kind of feeling into it. And when, I, when I'm feeling into abundance, it's kind of like the abundance of the universe. You know, it's like I can hear the birds singing outside the window. Um, I see Jill's beautiful black cat. That's a form of abundance, you know, it seems to be a natural, um, uh, the natural gift, if we recognize it, you know, and we're open to it, it's always there, abundance. When I feel into prosperity, it's more as if something that we can make, uh, you know, it's uh, more of a concept to me of what it is to have or have not. I mean, it can be abundance too, but abundance just seems more universal. Um, But prosperity is recognizing that we have abundance or prosperity could be um, generating the, the kind of thought processes and and minding our own beliefs and choices in order to allow that abundance to come into our lives. You know, but the abundance is, you don't think of God as, as being prosperous or having, having prosperity, 
you think of God or, you know, Holy Spirit as being abundance. I don't know. Those are some thoughts that I was having in response to Nikki's question. Thank you, Nikki. Yeah, I, when I was thinking about it earlier, I was kind of, kind of the same thing, but I mean, abundance, yeah, I feel like is much bigger and um, it's kind of like knowing, the knowing that everything is taken care of and everything is, um, for our, you know, being able to appreciate the beauty of the birds singing or the hearing the birds and, and having like experiences more like of beauty maybe and um, prosperity, I don't know, is maybe the actual having it show up in, in like more in a flow, like you need something and there it is. Um, and maybe like abundance is more like sitting back and seeing the overall beauty and uh, support, maybe. Well, here's another thought, too, and that is that as I think about it, maybe prosperity. Prosperity kind of implies that you're moving from one condition to something more or that you're acquiring something <clears throat> that you didn't have before, maybe. Uh, so you're prospering or it's, be it's becoming an increase, whereas abundance maybe implies that it's already there. It already exists, you know, whether you see it or not. That's just another thought. What, what does the dictionary say, Linda? Or I don't know if we need that or not, but I'm just wondering. I just looked it up too. <laughs> um, what I looked up was that prosperity is a state of being in flourishing, thriving, and abundance is a large quantity of something. Yeah, I think it's like the abundance is the evidence of being prosperous. I have an overabundance of dandelions in my yard. <laughs> they bring me joy, so I don't mind. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like that's true, that um, for me it feels like prosperity is um, – like having things or acquiring things and abundance is the evidence of it. When I look around, I can see the abundance. But I feel like it's whatever feels right for you. Well, I wonder too, um, and I'm, all, I'm asking this partly because uh, my study group is working on the spiritual qualities. Uh, 
Bhakti. And I like the chart that is on page 90. Uh, but then the pages that follow, follow in a little bit different order. And I, I don't mean to be too OCD about it. I, I mean, either way is okay, but I, I started off by addressing the questions to, on the chart. And then as I went through the pages, then it's sort of like, whoops, there's other things in there too that weren't on the chart or things missing that were on the chart. Do you have any? thoughts about that well it's probably just how how it came to Jennifer to be honest it's not always a um, sequential um, thing that she that she gets but um, and it may have been two different exercises that were kind of put together because they were similar so there's that. But I would have to say that I notice things like that as well <laughs> in my book. And I just look at it like another opportunity to heal. <laughs> because I'm, you know, that w one of the things that I'm, um, I appear to be constantly working on is, that things should be different. So anytime I see something and I think it should be different, I'm like, there it is again. I'm ready to heal it. So I take I'm, it as an opportunity. I'm definitely working on that one a lot of the time. And um, yeah, going through these spiritual qualities and I haven't finished that, but that's definitely feels like a, a healing activity to be able to go back through that and it's like you know you look at the forgiveness stuff and all that and then it's, it's coming at it through the quality is like a different slice you know it's a different lens to look at the same things or many of the same things uh -huh. so I thought well this will just be kind of going through this, the, the same kind of stuff but it's a different view yeah, and it will be different. You know, like Jennifer says that if you re-listen to the classes, you hear something different every time. I find the same thing going through the activities in the workbooks. Um, it's different every time I do it because there are some of the um, exercises in the workbooks that I have done several times, and every single time I do them, it's different, and I learn something different. Um, and the experience is completely different. So, yeah. Because we're different people in that moment. Well, Nikki, I, I, I didn't mean to take us too far afield from your original question, but anyway, I, I sort of got off on the qualities there. No, I think that was helpful. And I, I definitely, I fit in that group of noticing things that if I were doing them, they'd be different. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's, that's helpful to remember that perspective as well. So thanks.
Does anything, anybody have anything else to share on the spiritual qualities or the which things were different? No. <laughs> or on anything else? Hello? Hello. Hi. Who is this on <laughs> This is Anne. Um, I've been thinking that per- prosperity, in my mind at least, is more related to the economic abundance that I think I have or don't have, whereas abundance is a more general term. That is not to say that I can feel quite comfortable on a rather low income or a high income. It it it's not really how much income, it's just how do you feel about it. Whether you feel that you're, you have enough or you don't have enough or you have too much or whatever. Thank you, Ryan. Anybody else have anything to add to that? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking in in um, one of the prayers that Jennifer has here called abundance. It is my inheritance, and it talks about consider the lilies of the field. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these, you know. And the concept of the lilies being abundant, but the lilies aren't prosperous. <laughs> we think we're prosperous, but, you know, abundance surrounds us. When we open to it, then we can be prosperous. That people talk about prosperity consciousness. I very seldom hear the phrase abundance consciousness. Although I could see the importance of it, you know, because if you're not aware of it, you're not aware of it. But um, this is this, this is very good. The whole thing in here about abundance is my inheritance. Um, I just wanted to mention that. Thank you, Paula. anyone have anything else on this topic or would they like to start another thread of conversation? Well, I have to have a mess I have to confront. Go ahead, Anne. I have two sons and three grandchildren. My oldest granddaughter, 
graduated from high school in the top of her class. And she got into the college she wants to get into, and she's very, very happy. Life looks good for her. My oldest grandson graduated from high school by the skin of his teeth. He has virtually no opportunities because of his last-minute effort to graduate. All right, the mess is this. My two sons have been fighting with, with each other for many years. And the father of the daughter, granddaughter, has invited everybody except his brother to a celebratory dinner after the graduation. And I have to somehow confront that and not so much confront it, but dialogue about it with my two sons. And I'm hoping and praying for an opportunity in which we can sit down and have a true dialogue. But um, I don't know when or how it's going to happen. Has anybody else had any similar situations? Go ahead, Paula. Yeah, I have um, uh, my uh, my mother-in-law, and I'll tell you what what I'm what I'm doing with regard to this. But <clears throat> my mother-in-law is slipping into Alzheimer's. Um, she's living with her, her youngest son. I'm married to the older son, and the older son, my husband Steve, just dislikes his brother Patrick, and Patrick is stealing from his mother, which is elder abuse, and um, he, Steve went to the police and the elder abuse program in Pennsylvania, and they were ready to put shackles on his brother Patrick and take him to jail, but the mother... It's like a codependent situation where the mother wouldn't be happy if something like that happened. So Steve left the whole scenario at status quo, which is Wilma is there <clears throat> doing nothing all day, but watching golf and um, Patrick, continues to steal from her and does nothing and lives from her and lives upstairs. And, um, and Steve avoids it. And um, my thought at one point was, I'll just go up there and I'll just take everybody in hand and I'll just do this and I'll do that and lickety split, it will be solved. That's what realtors do. <laughs> and what I realized is, uh, I'm doing a 21-day divine experiment with Rieko. It's really precious. It's just putting this situation on the altar, on the holy altar fire, and praying that, that every day intending 
for me to see the truth rather than my judgments and to hold all of the players, including myself, in the light and in the love that all conflict be resolved and only love revealed. And um, I'm not seeing miraculous things shifting around, but I did talk to Wilma yesterday and I said, are you happy? She said, well, yes, I'm not unhappy. And I thought, well, that's something. You know what I mean? She could be just horribly miserable and hungry and, you know, all of, all of that. It's, it's a start. And I'm just waiting to see because it's not up to me, actually. It's not up to me. The question is, if I'm prompted by Holy Spirit to do something, you know, but this process is a very beautiful process. And I feel so much more love for Wilma and Patrick and for Steve in the situation and for, for me too. And the ability for me to grow and see their divinity more clearly is very powerful. And that's the only thing that I can share. And I'm so grateful for Rieko because every morning I, she goes, okay, day 10. And, and, and then she just gives a beautiful prayer (laughs) And I offer one back to her. I look forward to it every day. Um, and the benefit is to accrue not just to Pat and Wilma and Steve and myself, but to all of humanity. Let this prayer be a blessing for everybody. And so that, that's my scenario that is somewhat like Anne's. I have been going through that process And this particular scenario arrived on day 21, which I thought was very, very interesting and a sign that, yes, a miracle could happen. So I'm looking for the miracle. How or when or in what way it's going to happen, I have no idea. But I definitely know that God is in charge, and I am not. And it's a matter of getting these two men together and talk about their childhood jealousy, which is about what it amounts to. And they just haven't overcome it. They can't see, at least from my point of view, they can't see the strength that each one has. They see only the faults that each one has. So I know that you can't, um, because you're on the phone, you can't see this, but um, Cal Lash just typed in, we are entitled to miracles. So just know that mm -hmm. that's coming. And um, also, I know that there have been uh, several occasions over the past few years where I've been one in one situation or another with um, somebody and Jennifer reminds me that I can have a conversation. My higher self can have a conversation with their higher self. And so mm-hmm. you could have that conversation with both of the boys with their higher self. 
you know, you don't actually have to have the conversation in person, but just, you know, you're speaking from your higher self to their higher self um, on your own, having that conversation with them, you know, just wishing for them to um, be able to reconcile their differences and come together if that's the highest and best for everyone. So, and I'm holding that for you. I know that it can happen. As Cal said, we are entitled to miracles. Hi, this is Nadia. Hi, Nadia. Um, this is such a great, um, a great uh, little thread here. Um, Paula, I really appreciated uh, your share regarding um, doing the divine experiment um, over um, that over a situation such as that. And it really just reminds me of like in regards to what Anna's saying too, is sometimes the miracle is a difference in our own behavior. Our diff sometimes the miracle, the miracle might not be in the form that we would like the miracle to be, but the miracle could also be uh, a realizing that uh, the highest and best is, is to do nothing. Or the miracle could be to realize that if our pattern in the past has been to try to control our family, to, to, to not do that anymore. You know, because I, 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 um, I also am, uh, am in the middle of a, you know, kind of a crazy family thing, or I'm on the periphery of it, actually. There's something going on for my brother. And um, my, my go-to when he was sharing with me about what was happening was I just felt so angry because my normal reaction regarding my brother is just anger and resentment. And, like, I just feel so hateful and I feel like he's using me in, uh, in terms of, like, trying to get him me to solve his problems or whatever. And uh, the miracle is that um, after a lot of prayer yesterday – Today, I don't feel as attached to his circumstance. And that is for my very self-loving. And, um, yeah, sometimes miracles uh, don't have to do with a out specific outcome we want to see, but a, a shift in our own energy regarding circumstances around us. Thanks. Thank you, Nadia. Well, I was told that the father of the kid that graduated by the skin of his teeth was not invited. And I was told that I could come or not come. That was my decision. But the grandson is invited. The parents are divorced. The mother will go with him. And... Uh, we will either join or not join, depending on what the decision is. And I can't see any justice in leaving the father of the boy out when the boy is celebrating his graduation. My thought would maybe... Maybe when you are able to release the attachment to that thought, then it will be able to be realized. Um, and I can this from 
from personal experience, I remember being really agitated one time with my husband because he was not ordering a medication that he has to take every day. And for a week or so, I kept asking him um, if he wanted me to order it for him or did he already order it or whatever. I was trying to manipulate the situation. And I was saying my prayers about it, but I definitely had an attachment to the fact that he was supposed to get that medication. And as soon as I was able to really let go of the attachment and just be okay with maybe he's just not going to take it anymore and I'm going to have to be okay with it, whatever he decides to do. The very next day it showed up on the doorstep. So just a thought <laughs> that just came to me when you were talking about that, Anne. Hey, everyone. This is Suzanne. I'm calling from my car. I don't know if you can hear me clearly. Yeah, we can hear you, Suzanne. Great. I think the hardest thing for me is in expecting a particular outcome and truly being willing to uh, know that the miracle has occurred, even if I can't see evidence of it. So it, I think, um, I don't know where exactly in the course it is, I apologize road noise, but I too am in a situation and I am in a divine experiment and I'm not seeing change, any change. And I was in fact attached to something being different. Um, and I now am moving into a deeper level of allowing whatever is going to be to be. And that no matter what, I am safe, and so is everyone else involved in the situation. Because we're just making this shit up. Excuse my French. And um, perfectly in order. Everything is happening for our good. Even if it really doesn't look like that, it's our job to remain peaceful and ask Holy Spirit to show us only love to be receptive to only love and to express only love. And that is, that is I, I, I know for myself, that is my path. And it's a hard one. Uh, thank you. I just wanted to say I, I, I'm loving this discussion. Uh, Paula, Nadia, and Anne, thank you so much for contributing today. Thank you, Suzanne. You've made some very, very good comments that I'm going to have to ponder. I'd like to add something there too. This is Tim, if I might. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have four boys. Um, you know, they're all well into adulthood and they're all, they all have families and, um, we're a blended family and, and it's complicated. So over the years, I think I've experienced a number of situations where I felt there was some kind of conflict or bind or regarding family events and, um, uh, yeah, things like that. And I guess what I wanted to add is that 
whenever I started feeling like there's something I have to do, you know, that I'm, I'm responsible to intervene in some way actively. Uh, I've usually found that it's, it's really just my ego talking that my, my need to shape and, and control what's going on. And, you know, it, it might be with good intention that I'm doing that, but uh, when I've had the presence of mind, I've found for myself that um, it usually has worked out better if I uh, gave that a little leeway to the place where uh, I let the family members work out their own uh, way of handling things. And, and now with a number of the suggestions that have been made, especially uh, in the tools that we have in Masterful Living, uh, then I, I think, well, I can, as some of you have suggested, have, this kind of contact or conversation with the family without actually having the conversation in person to be able to, to um, consider that in a kind of prayerful, reflective conversation. But um, yeah, I guess my point is just, that I've found that things oftentimes work out with, without any of my, my having to actively intervene, especially if I hear, you know, this real strong, like, well, you, you have to do something, you have to do something that I find out, you know, I begin to question, do I have to do something? And oftentimes the answer is no. I'm maybe sometimes it's yes. Um, but, I just wanted to throw that in for what it might be worth. As we're talking, I'm realizing that perhaps my biggest problem is accepting my daughters-in-law as they are and not making judgments about their character or their actions. Yeah, and I just have, as uh, Tim was talking, I remembered, um, you know, for 15 years, I've been trying to, I was trying to be the, I felt like I had to be the go-between between my son and my husband, his stepfather. And I put myself very much in the middle of that relationship and tried to manage it and tried to um make sure you know just make sure everything was done right because i and tried to make into the relationship that i thought they should have and all it did finally you know maybe i don't even know it might have been after january it hasn't been that long but i decided i just saw it one day like i just you know i have to step out of this triangle it shouldn't be a triangle their relationship is between them i should not be in it and um, 
it really for like maybe the first week there was I had to like really say like my son would come into the room and be talking about something ask really asking a question of my husband but looking at me and I was like no you have to look over there you have look at him when you're talking you know talking to him and um so a week you know they were trying to figure out okay that's that's not that dynamic is not happening anymore and ever since then um, there really hasn't been a situation that I felt I needed to get into. Like there hasn't been any, even it hasn't, those situations haven't occurred. Mm. It's kind of solved themselves and there's no more tension where I feel like I'm in the middle and responsible for solving it. Thank you, Nikki. Araba, you have your hand raised and then next is Lou. Um, I'm muting you. I think I'm unmuting you. There you are. Go ahead, Ara. Thank you. And that was really powerful realization made. And as a mother of two children um, who are young, but know the the jealousy that can come up. Um, and that feeling as a mother that you want to do something, that you want to see love between your children, um, that you want that harmony, that it's part of your role. And there are lots of ideas and attachments around that. Um, and I know there have been great suggestions that have been made. And something that came to me that, you are welcome to consider or not is a tactic I have started to use with my own children is I take them individually and I reaffirm to them how much I love them the way they are for whatever gifts and special things I see in them and that they get the things that they need for their support and growth, which, um, there is a author, Rick Riordan, and some other people have said this, but basically that fair is is getting is for an equal is really not sufficient. Equal is not sufficient. Fair and justice is that you get what you need. And so having the exact same thing may not serve you the way it serves the other person. So I do try to at least talk to my children separately. I know you mentioned getting them all together in a room and talking to them, but maybe what I do is I try to individually affirm my love for them, who they are, who I see them, you know, being, and their special gifts and talents, and do the same for the other and make sure that they understand that the way or what they get or the way I express my love for them has to do with their best and highest good. And then I let it be. Um, and oftentimes just having that affirmation of love for who they are, they are much better now at working things out themselves. So um, again, my kids are young, they're not grown up. So, uh, but that is, a strategy, particularly um, 
since January in terms of trying to really take myself out of what's going on between them and um, making sure that they accept choices and see what their choices lead to and how it makes them feel. Um, and I, I see it working. It's, it's harder, I must say, in some ways for me to stay out of it. But I have found that in the end, it, it really makes them responsible for whatever their actions are. And they are much more likely to forgive each other and to work together when that's the case. They just needed to know that they're not being compared. They're individually loved and that love is not limited that you get more, he gets, she gets more and the way it looks. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, if that might be something helpful. Yeah. Thank you so much. And Lou. I was just wondering how the graduating boy. Um, we can't hear you, honey. Okay. Can you hear me now? Okay. I uh, just was wondering how the graduating boy was feeling about this situation. Uh, and is he okay with it or not? Do you know? I have not had a chance to talk to my grandson. He was so proud of himself for finally finishing all the work he had to do to graduate from high school. And, you know, you don't want to take that joy away from him. His mother came and took him shopping for clothing for his graduation, said she would pay for his cap and gown. And she has seemed to be somewhat hostile to the boy. And I was very pleased to see her reaction and her joy that her son was going to graduate from high school. Um, I, in betwixt and between, as to how I react to these situations, because he has to spend part of his time with his mom and part of his time with his dad, and it's been a very stressful going back and forth between the two of them, so... He's not had an easy life. And part of the reason I am living in South Florida is because I realized that this particular grandson was in a very, very difficult situation. And he needed somebody neutral. It could go pick him up, bring him home, and have him study at the house and all that sort of stuff without being in conflict with any of his parents. Um, and that was important to him when he was in junior high school. As he'd gotten further along in school, his parents did, in fact, get divorced. And it's been a, it's been a tough situation for the kid. Very tough. And yet... Somehow I know that God is with him 
and will take him to a place where he can enjoy life and feel he's contributing. I feel confident about that. Don't know how it's going to happen, though. Yep, the how is none of our business. <laughs> we just have to allow. Debbie, go ahead. Yeah, I'll just mention too that um, I've started reading the, the uh, zero, what is it, zero limit book by Hugh Landay, and that's just a whole other uh, way to look at our lives and things that's going on. And his what he says, and he he healed this whole like. Uh, detention center of a prison of mental destitutes and he never saw them he just what he did is when he he says that everything that you see in your life is there for you to comes to you for your best and highest good for you to learn and evolve from and the, and it's an inside job we need to give up our judgment our opinions that that none of that matters we need to go back and reflect on how how we're responsible for ourselves not everybody else and and so he said if you see something and it upsets you like the war war and and all the things that are going on in the world that you he would then you would just go inside and and pray to the divinity that because you recognize that you own it it's yours so you just say to that um what is it i'm i'm sorry I, I love you i'm sorry please forgive me and thank you and that helps cleanse that energy and that he says it's a memory and it's um a memory and what else i can't think what else he calls it and it just keeps playing over and over in our in our being and it's how we can um kind of get it to erase he said it's like a computer when you delete something and put it in the trash it's really not deleted it's still there and he said that's the same thing with um memories and concepts and and our baggage and things that that keep us from being happy that it's still there, and we have to keep saying over and over and over, I'm, uh, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you to this, to this member and this perception that we have that so powerfully controls us. And when we, every time I say that, working with the divine is going in there, and it's working with the invisible forces, and they go in there and just kind of, erase the power of that belief a little bit and before you knew before he knew it the whole every man in that that dangerous mental part of the prison had been released and they had to close the prison because everyone was well and cured and sent home i i'm just like amazed at this man and the the um so i'm i'm definitely putting that on my radar to 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 uh use as a one of my main tools now and see and and just really 
step into that vibration of the whole ponopono and see, give it a whirl. And and if if nothing else, it, it's going to help get me out of the drama of things that I don't need to be involved in. And for that, I would be truly grateful. <laughs> and if I could use that prayer to with the divine to go in there and just know that it's like the Holy Spirit's going on in there and just working miracles. And um, I'm certainly am gonna uh, gonna put put that up up on the top of my list. So I I don't know, Anne. Maybe you would want to try that for a little bit. See how that goes. I think he's got lots of uh, YouTube things that you can look at. So if you don't, because it's a little difficult to get the, and I probably I could have t totally explained it in a better way. But it it takes a lot to kind of wrap your mind around the whole whole thing. But um, I'm I'm excited to uh to be able to start using it. So we'll see. Yeah, it's funny because um. Shortly before you raised your hand, uh, Susan had written in, seek not to change the world, but you change your mind about the world. And that's perfect <laughs> with the whole Pono Pono. Yeah. Yeah, I also want to talk about the whole Pono Pono, and I've just found it the most powerful part of it is realizing to take 100% responsibility for everything that's seeming to happen. Anything that I'm, any circumstance that seems to be playing out in front of me, whether I think I'm actually involved in it or not, if it's a conflict that's upsetting me or somebody seems like they're in a bad mood or anything, it's 100% me. I'm the one who put it there. And I um, may, you know, sometimes when I take that responsibility immediately, I can say, oh yeah, that's, that's that thought that I have all the time. That's that belief coming to show me. Um, sometimes I don't know what it is, but I just say the prayer anyway, you know, to say the prayer and knowing that it's me and knowing that whatever it is, is, is getting cleaned out. And it might, um, I guess the way I look at it is that if I don't know what it is, it's getting cleaned out a little bit more. So eventually <laughs> I'll know what it is. Um, but yeah, it, it's been, I've, See, I've been doing it for like one or two weeks now, and I've seen amazing, amazing shifts to things. Yeah. It's like um, with, uh, with my situation, using Ho'oponopono, which I think is absolutely brilliant, you know, because it really deals with the illusion from the source which is me so let's say I'm looking <laughs> that is so hard to accept isn't it <laughs> yeah so what I do and sometimes I don't know or I may not be willing to see it you know like in Jennifer's workbook she always says um you know, choices I made today that were blocking my connection with spirit in the book. And sometimes I'll go, okay, whatever it was that was blocking my connection with spirit, I placed it on the holy altar fire because I'm not sure what it was. 
So let's say I'm looking at Wilma and Pat. I'll have to go, I have to, let's say, make a list of the things that I'm judging about mm -hmm. that scenario. Mm -hmm. And then go, if ever I have taken advantage of someone who was not able to help themselves, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. You know, or I, another one that could be from that scenario um, is uh, if ever I've stood by and not taken action when I could have, or if ever I've tried to control a situation and it was inappropriate for me to do so, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. I had one of these episodes with my, um, this was horrible. This was like one of the worst things that happened to me this year. I was babysitting my two nephews along with my sister. And the oldest boy, who's about five, was horrible. Just horrible. In my, in, to, you know, in, in my, my judgment. I mean, he would cheat on his brother. He would try to cheat us. He would get just create trouble wherever he could. If, he, if we said to him, be careful about the muddy water, he'd step right in it. Uh, he'd yell at us that we were um, not, we didn't care about making them happy. We just wanted to do what we wanted to do. And he was, um, and it was boring to him. And this went on and on until I, <laughs> really I just wanted to get out of there and go home just wanted to leave it was awful and I was fixated on this for about a week and I had to write down I had to write it all down and forgive myself for having done those things said those things been that way cheating people, not appreciating people, all these things. And whether I remembered that or not, doing them or not, I took 100% responsibility because it was in my face. <laughs> if it's in my face, what an opportunity. And I can see where Debbie's excited about applying this because you're working on the invisible. And if it's in your face, it's up for you. And even if you go, well, I'm not, I don't behave that way. I don't say and do those things. Somewhere, sometime, someplace, perhaps that was true. And I remember Jennifer ticked me off one time because <laughs> I was a molested child, molested by my father. And she said, <clears throat> uh, well, in some other lifetime, perhaps you molested somebody. And I was like, damn, I want to get out of this one free. <laughs> it's like, no, if ever, any time I have taken advantage of an innocent in any way, sexually or otherwise, I am freaking sorry. Please forgive me. 
thank you, I love you. And to myself too, you know. So, the, the, and I think it's really an opportunity to um, unpack that whole scenario and see what wonderful juicy things are in it for you to work on in the invisible. And I am grateful for all of the work that you're going to do on that, because whatever you do, Anne, it's going to benefit the scenario I have with Wilma, Patrick, Stephen, and myself, and the whole planet, the, the politics, the, uh, what do they call that, the division between Democrat and Republican and all of that stuff. As you work on that, yes. it's a greater healing, and so I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Paula. And Stephanie, you have your hand raised. Go ahead. Okay. Um, thank you, guys. I think um, everything you guys are saying about family and stuff really resonates with me. I, too, have been reading um, the Zero Limits book and um, doing the Inner Child uh, video um, with Dr. Hugh Len and Finding some amazing things in that I just keep that um, mantra in my head most of the time. I just, you know, I love you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Thank you. And what I'm finding, and one of the things they speak about in the book is that your mind can only think about almost like they said a number, like 16 things at a time. And what I'm finding is because I'm starting with, that mantra, I love you, forgive me, thank you, you know, um, afterwards, the judgment bubbles up, and afterwards, I see how I normally think about that person and who is coming in front of my face, um, things that I wouldn't have percolated before, things I would have um, kept buried and I'm so grateful that like a whole other level of judgment starts to come up quickly for healing and how quickly it comes up because I start immediately with the you know I love you I'm sorry forgive me thank you um, it sets a whole different tone right at the at the onset of even just driving down the seat street Yeah, thank you, Stephanie. So, how are you feeling about all of that? I'm um, sorry, it looks like I got disconnected there. Um, I love it. I'm so grateful. Um, I cleaned my whole house the last couple of weeks. Someone came and helped me, and with every object that I wasn't sure of, I was able to do that too, and noticed all the guilt I felt about objects that other people had given me that I no longer wanted and um, how those things would have, um, I would have held on to them before out of just the guilt and the, um, uh, and then I had to do forgiveness letters about, you know, objects, which was weird because once you start just asking everything for forgiveness, you start to realize that even all the objects in your life you've um, attached meaning to. Thank you, Stephanie. 
Anne, is there anything that you would like to add before we close out? <laughs> well, it's been a very, very helpful discussion. And I realize that uh, I have to approach this in a very delicate way and make sure that I'm not being judgmental of the people that I talk to. I feel that I have to clarify some things with my two sons and um, maybe go from there. I'm not sure. I'm just leaving it in the hands of God because I don't know whether I can get these two guys together to talk about anything. Um, so the only the only solution I have is, okay, God, take it. You're the, you're the one in charge, and I'm just watching the show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for allowing this discussion to unfold. <laughs> it's been a very enlightening for me as well. Does anybody have anything else that they would like to share before we close out or a prayer request or an intention that they would like to speak of? I just wanted to mention one more thing I just thought about the book. In the book, Hulin talks about, he says, you have a choice, but you don't get to make the decision. So you have a choice to turn it over to spirit, but you don't get to make the decision of what happens afterwards. Thank you. Thank you. I needed that observation very profound. Yeah, thank you, Nikki. Perfect. Anyone else? Well, I'll let you know the next uh, conversation we have, what happened. Okay? Wonderful. Thank you so much, Anne. Cool conversation. So, and I wish that I wish that you would keep me in your prayers. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's not it's not an easy situation. Yeah, I can feel that. But hey, if you leave it to God, you know it's in good hands. Right. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for allowing me to facilitate your call this evening. It was such a pleasure and a joy. And I look forward to seeing you again sometime soon. So I'm going to pray us out, placing my hands on my heart, taking in that deep breath of love and gratitude. So grateful for this time we've come together. So grateful for the beautiful, deep sharing. Grateful to know that all of us are being led and guided for the highest and best for ourselves and all of our loved ones. Knowing that clarity and wisdom and strength and courage are coming to us and knowing that we are getting out of our own way. We are releasing any thoughts that we have that things should be one way or another or that things should be different than they are. 
We're so grateful for our willingness, even our willingness to be willing. We declare that we are having that healing right here and now, and we are offering up any sense that we have to do anything. All we have to do is surrender it to God, lay it on the altar and leave it there. We're so grateful that we can give the heavy lifting to God. So grateful for Jennifer, for all of our teachers, including our families and friends and coworkers and clients, all those we meet throughout our day, all of our loved ones who transitioned before us, and the whole company of heaven, we thank them for joining us during this call and ask them to bless us as we go on our way. And we're grateful that we get to share the benefits of all of the work that we're doing here, of all of our expansion and growth, all of our clarity and wisdom, all of our abundance and prosperity with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. We're fully open to receive it and know that it is done. And so it is. Amen. Mm. Thank you, everybody. I'm going to unmute everyone, I think. Please. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Love to all. I love you. Uh -huh.